theyeshiva.net. Eichel Menachem presents A Tale of Two Souls, an ongoing lecture series on the Tanya by Rabbi Yosef Yitzhak Jacobson. This is the fourth tape in the series entitled The Five Categories Within the Jewish People, recorded live at Heichel Menachem, Brooklyn, New York. Perek Aleph Tanya B'Sef Perek we have learned in the conclusion of Perigimel of Mesachtanida, Mashbim Rasha, that an oath is administered to a fetus before it leaves the womb of its mother. Tehit Sadik, you should be a Sadik, a righteous man. Vaalti Rasha, you should not be a Rasha, a wicked man. This is a Gemara in Mesachtanida, Daflamedam at base, where the Gemara quotes Reb Simloi. As discussing the state of a fetus while it's in the womb of the mother. It's a very famous Gemara where the Gemara says that a child while it's in the womb of the mother is taught the entire Torah and before it actually is born, a malach comes and gives it a uh, knip, whatever you call it, and creates the cleft below the nose, which causes the soul, the child, to forget the entire Torah. And Reb Simlai continues, Kaidim Havlad, before the fetus leaves the womb, an oath is administered to the child, incorporating two aspects. To tzaddik, you should be a tzaddik, and you should not be a rasha. And then the Gemara continues, Even if the whole world says to you, you're a tzaddik, you in your eyes should deem yourself, should consider yourself as a rasha. That's what the Gemara says. This is what a child is told before it leaves the mother of its womb, the womb of its mother. V'tzarech lahavin, you have to understand the Hatnan of the Mishnah says in Avis, Perik Beis, in Perik Yavis, in the second Perik Mishnah Yid Gimel, the Mishnah says to the contrary, V'alti Rasha b'fneyatzmcha. You should not be a Rasha in your own eyes which is a clear contradiction between the Gemara and Nida, which says that even if the whole world testifies, this gentleman is a tzaddik, he nonetheless should consider himself a Russia. The Mishnah in Avis says quite the contrary. So that's a kasha, a contradiction from two sources in, in Gemara, Mishnah and Gemara. But then the Alter Rebbe adds more vagam in addition to this, im yibain of karasha. If the person will consider himself a Russia, he will feel bad in his heart. He will become melancholy and depressed. He will not have the ability of serving with joy and gladness of heart. If a person deems himself a Russia, and that's his perspective, regarding himself and his life throughout his life, you can imagine what type of notion, what type of sense he has about himself. He can never serve Hashem with true simcha, with true joy and happiness. On the contrary, if he will not feel bad from this aspect that he's a Rasha, he could come to a state of lightheadedness, of kalus reish, of carelessness. So the question is a logical one. And that is, if the Mishnah demands 
if the oath that it's administered to the child is that you should constantly conceive yourself, perceive you as you, from yourself as a Rasha, what will that cause in your life? It will cause a sense, I'm a Rasha constantly. So you could never serve Hashem with true joy, which is a basic aspect of Yiddishkeit, that Avedis Hashem has to be done with simcha, with optimism, with joy, with gladness of heart. But someone who always has the sense that he's a wicked person, he's an evil person, he's a Rasha can never achieve simcha in his life. If you're going to tell him, don't care about the fact you're a rasha. Be the simcha anyway. So you're a rasha. That could bring him to the other extreme. And that is <coughs> a state of carelessness, of lightheadedness. There are certain aspects where you can't be in the middle, either one or another one. If you care about something, it's difficult to be happy about it. If you don't care about something, it's right to have a problem. You stop caring about important issues. So if a person is to <coughs> care about the fact he's a Rashas, how can he be besimcha of this knowledge of who he is? Tell him, don't care about it, go weiter. Then it causes him to a, a state, he doesn't care about the fact he's a Russia. it can cause a state of Kalos Rosh. It can bring to that. It's not that yet, but it can bring to that. Uh, and this is a uh, very general question. How a person is to view himself. It seems that the oath is demanding from a person to view himself as a Russia. Now the reason why the Alter Rebbe, in addition to a contradiction of Avis and Nidah, brings also a kasha from the Svara, is because there are other Perushim in the mission of Alter Rashi, B'fneyatzimcha, for example, Rashi and the Bartanura have other interpretations. Rashi interprets Alter Rashi, B'fneyatzimcha, you should not do something which is wicked, which will cause you the following day to ask yourself, why have I done this rishus? The Bartanura explains Alter Rashi, B'fneyatzimcha, in another manner. But this is the period of the Rambam that's also brought in the Bartanura that you should not consider yourself a Rasha. So in addition to the stira of two sources, he also brings it from a Svara, which will be according to all the shittas, however you fire the Mishnah. Someone asked me last week, why doesn't Alter Rebbe, what does he have to bring these sources? Ask a general question. If someone does an Aver, if someone does a negative deed, should he feel bad about it or should he not feel bad about it? Should he consider himself a Rasha or not? You can also ask the same question. If he considers himself a Rasha, so then he won't be able to serve Hashem B'Simcha. If he doesn't consider himself a Rasha, he will come to Kalos Reich. So why did Alter Rebbe need these sources? You can ask a general question. But that's not a question because if someone doesn't have era, so you'll tell him, feel bad about it and do tshuva. <laughs> and you won't feel bad anymore and you'll serve Hashem B'Simcha. But over here, the Gemara Nida is saying... That the relationship of a person to himself throughout his entire life has to be a Yebenachakarasha. Doesn't have to do if he does tshuva or not. Even if the whole world says you're a tzaddik. Why does the whole world say you're a tzaddik? Based, because he is a tzaddik. Based on his anhaga, based on his conduct. Nonetheless, Yebenachakarasha. So it's not an issue if you did a specific Aveya Yebenachakarasha. It's a general attitude and notion. So the question is, over here, there is an inter- internal contradiction. If he is going to consider himself as Yehir Levava, if not, That is the problem. In order to understand this, we have to analyze the terms from their root, from their origin. We find in Gemara five categories among the Jewish people. The five categories are Tzadik V'tayvlai, Tzadik V'ralai, Rasha V'tayvlai, Rasha V'ralai, Ubenini. These five categories are not stated clearly in the Gemara. He doesn't say Isa B'Gemara. He says we find in the Gemara. If you scan through the Gemara, you'll find five categories. 
Basically, it's a combination of two Gemaras, both in Mesich the Brachas. One is Brachas Dav Zayin Amid Aleph, and one is Brachas Dav Samachalaf Amid Beis. In Brachas Dav Samachalaf Amid Beis, Rabbi Yisiagluli states that Minayin that Tzadikim Yetzir Tev Shaiftan. That how do we know Tzadikim the Yetzir Tev is their judge? Rishayim Yetzir Har Shaiftan and Beinim Zevazah Shaiftan, and he brings three Psukim. So we, over there we find three categories of tzaddikim, rishayim, and beninim. Earlier in Gemara Brachas, Davzayin and Aleph, we find two categories in each one, tzaddikim and rishayim, a tzaddik v'tayvlai, a tzaddik v'ralai, a rasha v'tayvlai, and a rasha v'ralai. Upirshu b'gemara, the Gemara explains in Brachas, Davzayin, tzaddik v'tayvlai, tzaddik gomer, tzaddik v'ralai, is a tzaddik she'ene gomer. The Gemara says over there that Moshe Rabbeinu asked from the Ebershter three things, and the Ebershter conceded and gave him all those things. The first thing he requested was that the Shekhinah should dwell on the, Jew, on the Jewish people, on the Yidin. The second thing he requested was that the Shekhinah should not dwell on Ayav Dekei The third thing he requested is to gain insight into Jirach of Shalakadosh Baruch Hu, the ways that the Rebbeinu Shalalim runs the world. For example, he asked Hashem the famous question, why is there a Tzadik V'tayvle and a Tzadik V'rali a Tzadik? which experiences good in his life, and a tzaddik, which his whole life <coughs> is fraught with difficulties and negative experiences. Why is there a rush of a tevla? It could be a rush, and it's good in a rush of a rally. So the Gemara explained that the Ebershter answered him several things. One of the explanations is the tzaddik v'tevla is a tzaddik. Gomer is a complete tzaddik, and therefore he has positive experiences in his life. His life is full with good. And a tzaddik she'eni gomer, a tzaddik which is not complete, is a tzaddik v'rali. The Marsha explains that a tzaddik, who still has negativity within himself, so Hashem, makes sure that in Elam Hazen, in this world, he should experience negative aspects, so in Elam Haba, he should come totally pure, versus a tzaddik Gamur is totally pure, so he's a tzaddik v'tayvla, the same is true with Harasha, Harasha v'tayvla is Harasha she'eni Gamur, so he receives his word in, his reward in Elam Hazen, in this world, so it's Harasha who has good in his life, Harasha v'rale is Harasha Gamur, and therefore, he uh, he receives even in Elam Haza only negativity. Reb Meir parenthetically argues, he says, that the third request of Meishu Rabbeinu Hashem did not give. Hashem did not notify him what his ways are. Because you can ask a question, uh, after all said and done, we saw many times that there was a Tzadik Gomer and it was still Virale and a Tzadik Sheini Gomer and a Tzadik the same way the other way around. So uh, if you can ask the question or not ask the question, it's another issue, it's not over here to discuss the famous question, you know, why... You, but this question that people ask, why good things happen, why bad things happen to God, the good people, is already a question that Moshe Rabbeinu was bothered by in the Gemara and Brachas Davzayin. But Rabbi Meir Taka says that the Eberster did not address this issue to Moshe Rabbeinu. Al-Kopmana, what we see from this Gemara is that Tzadik V'tayvle, Tzadik V'ralai are not just two distinctions that define a state of being, a state of experiences, what occurs to this person's life. It's rather two categories that define the madrega of the tzaddik. What type of person is it? What type of tzaddik is it? Tzaddik with tevli, tzaddik virali is not the same tzaddik that just have two types of experiences in life. Rather, it's two categories in their tzitkos. This is a tzaddik gomer and a tzaddik sheni gomer. The same is true regarding a rasha. V'tevli and a rasha virali. It's not just two rishayim that have different experiences in life. This one has a good life and this one has a bad life. It's rather two types of Rishayim, two distinctions, two distinct categories in Rishayim. One is a Rasha Gomer and one is a Rasha Shaini Gomer. And then in a fifth level is the Bainani. 
So we have over here five, five categories. Next week's parsha he explains. Raya Mahemna is a part of the Zayar. It's a section in the Zayar, several chapters in Sefer Shmais. The Zayar is on the Chamisha Chum Shatayra. Several chapters on Sefer Shmais. These parshis are called Raya Mahemna. The reason they're called Raya Mahemna, according to the Masaira, these sections of the Zayar were said by Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu is called the faithful shepherd. Raya Nehmen, Raya Mahemna. And therefore these sections in Zayar are called Raya Mahemna. Zayar in Parshish Mishpatim and Raya Mahemna defines a Tzadik Veralai in a deeper meaning. Literally, we say like this. Tzadik Veralai is not a madrega. Tzadik Veralai is a fact. It's a Tzadik who has a difficult life. Tzadik Veralai is another fact. It's a Tzadik who has a good life. They stem from two madregas, a Tzadik Gomra and a Tzadik Shene Gomra. The Raya Mahemna goes even further to explain that even Tzadik Veralai defines a type of character. It's a definition of what type of person the tzaddik is. He is a tzaddik vera, he has ra, but the ra is loy. The ra is subordinate and tafel to the good which is in the tzaddik. The essence of the tzaddik is taiv. Tzaddik vera loy, it's a tzaddik who has ra, which is tafel and batil. A tzaddik with taiv loy is a tzaddik who has only taiv. The same is true regarding a rasha. A rasha with taiv loy means a rasha who has taiv, but the taiv it's a burden to the Ra. A Rasha Virala is a Rasha who contains only Ra. Huh. <laughs> it's a very good question, but uh, we'll discuss it in detail later. <laughs> Many chapters in Tanya evolve around your question. So... Uh, so, uh, so what we gain from the Raya Mahemna is that it's not only Tzadik Gomer and Tzadik She'eni Gomer are two distinctions of characteristics, but rather also the terms Tzadik V'tayvle and Tzadik V'raloi also define the different Madregas, the essence of the Tzadik. The Raya Mahemna is not arguing on the Gemara necessarily. He's just adding that the distinction of the Gemara is conveyed also in the words of Tzadik V'tayvle and Tzadik V'raloi. Or in other words, you could say, it's two sides of one coin. Tzadik Gomer defines what's the category, the state of the good in him. So you say complete good. Tzadik V'tayvlai defines the state of the bad in him. There's no bad. The same Tzadik She'eni Gomer is the state of good. So it's a Tzadik that the good is not complete. Tzadik V'rali defines the state of the bad which is in him. That the Ra is kafuf to the Tayv. The same is true with the Russian. The Gomer and Eni Gomer defines what's the status of the good. And the Tayvlai or Rali defines what's the status of the negativity in him. In Gemara, at the end of the ninth period of Brachas, I mentioned of Samachala from Adbeis. Rabbi Yisiaglili makes a distinction. Tzadikim Yetzir Tev Shaiftan. The Tzadikim are judged by the Yetzir Tev, by the good inclination. Rishayim by Yetzir Harish Shaiftan. And Beninim Zevazar Shaiftan. The Beninim, the intermediaries, are judged by both the Yetzir Tev and the Yetzir Harish. Amar Rabba, the Gemara continues over there in Brachas. You see, a tzaddik and a rasha are more, at least in people's minds, it's more definitive. A tzaddik is good, a rasha is bad. What's a bainani? So Rabba felt compelled to explain to the crowd what is a bainani. So Rabba said, you want to know what a bainani is? Kagayin, I'm not bainani. Look at me. I am a med- I am a personification. I embody the ideal of a bainani. Amar Abaya, Abaya told him, Le'shavik mar chayil 
My Rebbe is not allowing anyone else to live. Any, he's not giving, granting the ability to any creature to live. Because if Rabbi is a Benini, so what are we? As Rashi says over there, if you're a Benini, Im atamin a Benenim, If you're a Benini, there's no Tzadik in the world. Ulahavin calls Abayyatev to understand all of this well. What do we have to understand well? What's going on over here? What's exactly a Benini? What's exactly a Tzadik Gomorrah, Tzadik Shani Gomorrah, Tzadik Vitevli, Tzadik Virala, etc.? For Gamlahav and also to understand, Masha Amar Iye, even Baba Basir Perek Aleph, Rebbein Yishalaylam, Barasa Tzadikim, Barasa Rishayim Chulu, Vahat Tzadik Virashalayka Amar. What requires also understanding in this preface is a statement of Iye. Iyev, as you're I'm sure familiar, is one of the most dramatic figures in the whole of Tanakh. The Gemara in Baba Basra in the first period has a long sugi discussing who Iyev was, if Bechlada was such a person, or it's a metaphor, if there was such a person when he lived. But I call upon him, the Gemara says over there that Iyev, Taina to the Eberstari, He says, how can you administer reward or retribution to a tzaddik or a rasha, you have created them in such a manner. He says over there, Barasa Shayar Parsais of Kluta is Barasa Chamer, contrary, Barasa Shayar Parsais of Zduka is Barasa Chamer Parsais of Klutais. You created an ox with split hooves and you created a donkey, a mule with not un- unsplit hooves. Therefore, so the Shayar is kosher and the Chamer is not kosher. So therefore, the Shayar deserves reward and the Chamer deserves punishment. That's how you create it. So Eif Taina that people are the same way. It sounds familiar. Determinism. Eif said there's determinism. There's no such a thing as free choice. A person is created. His genes, his environment, his structure, his psyche, his character are all predetermined how this person is going to conduct himself throughout his life. It's all predetermined. So therefore, Eif Taina, how could you administer a reward or retribution or punishment when Barasa Tzadikim, Barasa Rishayim, you created them in such a manner that they should be Tzadikim and they should be Rishayim. So the Alter Rebbe says, how can he say such a thing about Tzadik It's a known statement in Chazal, a dictum in Gemara, that the Eberster does not say if the person should be a Tzadik or a Rashi. He's referring over here to a Gemara in Mesich after Zion, the Gemara says, Malach brings the Tipa to the Rebbeinu Shalaylam and says, Tipa, what should be the status of this Tipa? Should it be a Chachim or a Tipa? Should it be a wise person or a fool person? Should it be wealthy or poor? Strong or weak? But the Gemara says, Tzadik v'Rasha Leikamai. does not ask if it should be a Tzadik or a Rasha. That is not stated in the because the Gemara says, Reb Chanina said, Hakabadei Shemaim, Chutzmeir Shemaim. Everything comes from Shemaim besides one thing. Yir Shemaim, person has choice, how they should conduct themselves. What, the, Of course, there are many things in life we don't have choice, but a very fundamental aspect of, of Yiddishkeit is that in the, at the end of the day, the bottom line is a person has the ability to rise beyond everything and live up to his or her potential according to the Ratzon of the Eberster, what the Eberster wants from him in this world. But Eib over here is saying, Barasa Tzadikim, Barasa Rishayim, so Dr. Rebbe says it's in contradiction to Tzadik Barasa Laikam. The mar- Mashbim, I say. Mashbim. But he's not forced either way. Okay, that's a good question. The emesis, I'm sure you know the Gemara says in several places that there was also Mushbav Ayyamid Maharsinai. There was a Shvu on Harsinai that Klayistral was Makabal enough to be Makayim Tayyam Mitzvah. The reason why the Mashbiyah, the Tzaddik, is 
in order to give it an extra dosage of energy to be able to fulfill its mission on earth. Just like a of Ashes. Why should someone swear he's going to do something? Yaakov Avinu requested from Yosef to bury him in Eretz Yisrael, not in Mitzrayim. So you asked you should swear. Why did he ask you should swear? The reason is you could commit yourself by commitment and you commit, could commit yourself by oath. When you commit yourself by oath, there is a deeper bond and a much deeper significance and commitment to it. In other words, on a more spiritual level, you could say an oath, so to speak, unravels deeper energies within the person to do it. And therefore, if you just make a commitment and there are obstacles, you leave it alone. That's another reason why we teach the Torah and forget it. Because if the person, to give a person kayach later to, te- later to learn the Torah, it says that. And look at the Torah from the Balatanya, he explains it. What, what is this, a game? You teach him the Torah, you make him forget it. He's anyway gonna have to learn it. But when you, everyone knows when you, when you were taught something and then you forget it, ten years later you hear it again, you say, ah, ten years ago I learned this. And you understand it much faster. Since Torah is divine wisdom, so by definition it's difficult to incorporate and digest, so that's why it's done. So that's the Nekudah of Mashbi Yimaisa. So the Marsha asks this question, that the Rebbe says, the Marsha Taka says that Eiv was talking to Kfira. He was denying the concept of Kfira. The Marsha says, what are you asking a contradiction? Eiv was making a very serious mistake in his Ashkafa on life, and his perspective on life. That's what the Marsha explains. The Balatanya, however, and other Mepharshim and Gemara, seem to be saying that Eiv's statement was a valid statement. It was a valid statement, One of the rays for this perhaps is, because the Gemara continues, you know, the story with Eiv, there was Eiv and he had three friends, at Nalifaz Eliyahu, who were debating with him and <laughs> discussing, answering him on this question. So they answered him on this question. And they answered, they said, the Baruch Hu Sahara, but he also created Torah at Tavlin. He created Torah as the proper ingredient that should be able to give you the ability to deal with the Yetzirah. So they don't refute the fact of Rashaim. They say Rashaim, but he gave you the Torah to deal with it. So whatever the answer is, we'll understand it later in the Tanya, whatever the answer is. But the point is the Balatanya is learned that Barasa Tzadik and Rashaim is a valid statement. And thus, he asks a question from the Gemara Yanida that Tzadik V'Rashalaykama. V'gam, that's one issue, another issue we have to understand. V'gam, in addition to that, Lahavin Mohus Madregas we have to understand the essence of the state of the Benini. Let's not forget, this is the focal point of the Tanya, the Sefer Shal Benini. Mohus is a word in Lashon Kodesh which is derived from the root Mahu. Mahu means what is it? Mohus means the essence of an object, of a phenomenon, of a human being, of a creature, Mahu. We have to understand what is the essence of the Benini, what creates that character that we define as the Benini. What's the problem? Go over to a Yid. And ask him, what's a, what's a tzaddik, what's a rasha, what's a benini? So the common notion is as follows. A tzaddik is mostly mitzvahs and a minority of various, majority mitzvahs. A rasha is the contrary, a majority of various and a minority of mitzvahs. What's a benini? 50-50. 50% mitzvahs, 50% averis. L'churah, that's just what a benini is. So the Rebbe says, no. Shebevadai, it is certain, ene mechtazachis and mechtzavadis. A benini does not mean Half zachias, half merits, and half sins. Why? She'im kain, if so, if it does mean so, eich tar rabbi How did Rabba err, make such a mistake to say that he's a benini? V'noida it is knowing the leipasik pumimigirsa. 
His mouth did not cease from stunning from learning Torah. To the extent that even the Malachamavis, the angel of Mavis did not have an ability to overpower him and take away his neshama. How is it possible to say that he made an error, that he was a human being who transgressed throughout half of his life with Avainis Chas He's referring, of course, over here to the famous Maisim Sikhta Baba Metziyah and Daf Vav, an interesting enigmatic episode for itself. The Gemara says that there was an argument in the heavenly spheres between the Eibishter and Mesifta the Rakia between the Rebbeinu Shalalim and the Yeshiva Shalmaila. And they were arguing about a specific state of leprosy, if it's Tahir or Tameh. So they asked Lamaila, who can we go to, to make up Shara, to Paskin Adin, or the, like the Rebbeinu Shalalim, or like the Yeshiva Shalmaila who are arguing. So they said, Rabba Bar Nachmeni. It was Rabba. Rabba Bar Nachmeni is this Rabba. Rabba, however, was then in the forest, in the desert. And the Malachamavas, they wanted to summon Summon him to the heavenly court. So they had to bring him up. The Malachamavas could not have contact with him because his mouth did not cease for a moment to learn so the Malachamavas could not come close to him. So what happened was the Malachamavas made a, a great wind and the trees were shaking. So Rabbi thought that the Roman legions who are chasing him. So he stopped learning for a moment and he passed away. And at that moment, Rabbi said, tire, tire. That's what he passed. Him. So the question is, if Rabbi was such an individual that Leipasik Pumimigirsa to the extent that the Malachamavas could not have contact with him. So how does this individual come and say, you want to know what a Bainini is? Look at me. I'm a person who has Mechtzazachi, is 50% merits and 50% sins. It's ridiculous to make a mistake. A mistake you make in something that's very similar. When it's Bain Hashmashis, it's almost night. You could make a mistake that it's night already. Someone to come and say that it's nightfall now is, uh, it's abnormal. You don't make a mistake. A mistake you make something that's similar. A person like Rabbi, what type of mistake is this? So if you want to say that humility, humility doesn't mean this. <laughs> humility doesn't mean if you're tall, you say you're short. That's not humility. That's stupidity. It's rubbish. Despite your knowledge of who you are, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, you're going to be humble. When it says on Meishu Rabbeinu that he was humble, what does it mean? You think Meishu Rabbeinu thought, that what? That he's lower than all the other Jews, what he thought he's inferior to Kairach and Dasim Avira. Maisha did not know that he was appointed to be the Gael Yisrael who took out the Eden from Mitzrayim, who was split the Red Sea, who gave them the Torah. Despite all that, he was an on of Ma'id. And the explanations are, I mean, not to go in, in detail, that Maisha knew that the faculties, the unique energies were granted from him on Maila, and he felt that if someone else would be given the same opportunities and the same Kairachs, Perhaps they would have accessed and utilized it and maximized it much greater than he did. So anava does not mean fooling yourself and deceiving yourself. That's not what anava is. They say the difference between, what's the difference between a psychotic and a neurotic and a psychiatrist? A psychotic, it says, builds castles in the air. A neurotic lives in them and a psychiatrist collects the rent. An anav doesn't mean... (laughs) Anav doesn't mean he builds castles in the air. Rabbi... When he says, It's ridiculous. So that's the question. So you can't say that a Bainini means that Mechtzazach is Mechtzavainis. That's one problem with defining a Bainini that way. There's something additional over here that's also problematic. And this is a very important issue. 
What do you want to say? What is a Bainini? 50% Zachiyas and 50% Avainis. At which stage do you become a Bainini exactly? L'cha'era, when you learn Gemara, when you learn Halacha, there is not one moment a person can be a Bainini. Sha'arei b'sha'a sha'is Avainis. The moment a person does Avainis, sins, Averis, Nikri Rasha Gomer. He is called a complete Rasha. Once, one moment. If afterwards he does tshuva, he's nikr tzadik He's called a tzadik. So when is he called a bainini? Now the marker over here is, the marker for this is, first I'll discuss the avenus and then the tshuva. This is a beferish din in Gemara and Sanhedrin Chavdalid and all the paskim amalayim bedavarzah. And that is the Torah b'negei psuliyedis. The Torah says that altashas... Yatcha im Rasha liyes eid chamas. Which that din is that you're not allowed to use a Rasha to testify in Bezdin in a specific din. But the Torah doesn't define what's a Rasha. You can't use a Rasha for an eight. The Gemara in Sanhedrin and the Rambam and all the Paskim explain a Rasha is someone who is over on a Laisasa, which is a chi of Malkus, for example, a yid who eats chalif. A forbidden food is someone which is a chi of Malkus. There's a punishment in the Torah we have to be lashed. So over there, that's a Yid who's defined as a Rasha, and he's postulated, this entire Shabbat Savi is defined as a Rasha. If someone does something which is an Aveda Midr so it's not a Rasha, Minatera, it's a Rasha Midr so they're a postulated, not Minatera. So if a person does one Aveda like this, he is called a Rasha. He can do 90 mitzvahs the next day, Kozmani does not do tshuva on this Aveda, he is a Rasha. He is defined in the Torah with the name Russia. That's what the definition of this person is. If he does tshuva afterwards, he is defined in the Torah as a tzaddik gomer. And this is the famous Gemara in Kiddushin Memtas. If someone is Mekadesh HaSaisha, Almanaz that I am a tzaddik, and really he's a Russia. So it's a Safi Kiddushin. Why the Gemara says, Shemahirir tshuva beliba, it could be that he had a hero tshuva b'shaz the kiddushin, and v'nas a tzaddik, he becomes a tzaddik. The reason why it's a suffolk kiddushin is not because there's a suffolk in this din. The suffolk is because we don't know if he actually had a hero tshuva. But if we would be certain that he did have a hero tshuva, he is a tzaddik. The Lashen Tzaddik, Gamr Derechagav, is also Badik in Erzarua, one of the famous Rishayim in Simekof Yudbeis, he quotes this Gemara and says, Shemahirir tshuva beliba, v'nas a tzaddik gomer. He becomes a tzaddik gomer. He uses the lashon tzaddik gomer. Although in Kiddushin, it just says tzaddik without gomer. So the question is, at what moment are you a bainini? It doesn't mean that everything in his life that he did was vicious. It means because he did this aver and he did not yet do chovanet. So the definition, he is in a state of a person who uh, rebelled, who was married against Malach Malcham Lacham Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So he is defined as a rasha. Because of this Aver. It doesn't mean he did, never did a mitzvah. Until he does tshuva, that remains his definition. And therefore he's pasalaedus. And the Torah calls him that. Oh, so the question is, when is he a benini? When he, If he didn't do tshuva, he's called a rasha. Even if it's one Aver. If he did tshuva, he's called a tzaddik in the Gemara. So at what stage, give me a scenario where this person can be called a Benini. So you say a Benini is 50%, mitzvahs 50% of it. When? If he has, let's say, a thousand mitzvahs, then he does one Aveira, he's called a Rosh. If he does Chuv, he's a Tzaddik. So when is he a Benini? So when is he a Tzaddik? When is he... 
Did he do tshuva on the Averis? So, so, so what's the din? Is he pasal edus or not pasal edus? No. Why? Do I have a taina now that l'cha'ere p'suli edus ain't a chanami? P'suli edus is only on a laugh sheyesh by Malkus, it says. So maybe a benini could be, let's say he's ever on an essay. So that's what Alter Rebbe continues now. That's the next step. A laugh sheyesh by Or an essay. Or red. Derech Agav, this is not Negei over to the Shachal Vataya. In that, in Pshat Psalayi, this Gufat is a Machlaikis. The Rambam, for example, says, only if he's ever on a lav, which he, which he receives Malkus for. The Shachal Aruch Harav, the Balatanya says, if he's ever on a lav, She'im Hayu Masrim Bahi, he would receive Malkus. He drags it even further. He says, when the Gemara says, Lav Shesh Malkus, it doesn't mean he lepoil did a lav and he received Malkus. It's such a type of lav that he would have received Malkus under other circumstances, if there would have been Edom and Asra, but that's parent Ner Chagav. But not a love shame by Maisa, which ain't like in a love. That's a love that there's no uh, deed, there's no Maisa. In a Chnami, in a Chnami, the Gemara says that. Kivin Shehikanikrachicha, ya makas. Ain't lechadavar emid befneat shuva. Ain't lechadavar emid. A person can always do shuva. Huh? Now, sometimes the penalty is a very severe one, but the Rambam writes in Hulchus Chova at length. You can look over there. Pardon? He says there are many things that Ema speaking be Yadilasus Chova and and Daichekemaisa etc. But still, Afal Pikein even Benegay Elisha Benavuyet says you heard a Basko that that everyone can do Chova Chutz Meacher, and the Gemara says that still he made a mistake because if Dachak Venichnos he still could have done Chova. Pardon? Yeah. The Rosh Hashanah's Mazbid, the Maimon Chazalim Sachim, Kol Mashaim Melucha Balabayis. I say Chutz Mitzay. Whatever the Bal, if you come into someone's house, whatever the Balabayis says, you have to obey. Besides one thing, if he tells you leave, you don't have to obey. Rosh Hashanah says that everything the Eibush tells you, you have to listen to. Besides one thing, if Hashem tells you to say get out of my domain, leave me, I don't want to have to do with you, that you don't have to listen to. Chutz Mitzay, you insist. No, I'm connected to you and I'm staying here. That's how he interprets this Maimon Chazalim. Pardon? <laughs> okay, so now the Rebbe addresses this issue that you bring up. He says like this: Even someone who's over on a light iser from the from is also called a rasha. Both of these places in the second parak of Yevamas, the first parak of Nida, the Gemara addresses clearly. Someone who's Eivar al Kausha Divrei Seferim, and the Gemara defines them as Rasha, Mikri Rasha. And this is a Divrei Sefer. Nachmerer. Maybe a Benini is not someone who is Eivar actually in an Avera, but someone who is Mishi Yashbi Adilimchiz Velay Micha. That would be a Benini. So he says, no, Afilu Mishi Yashbi Adilimchiz Velay Micha Nikra Rasha. The Perigvav Deshvuz. In Paragraph the Shavuos, the Gemara says clearly, if, even if someone himself does not transgress, but he had a, he was in a position where he could protest it, where he can prevent it, and nonetheless, for whatever reason, Leimich, he's also called a Rasha. The Kol Shekain v'Kal v'Chaimer b'Mevata leze mitzvus efsei she'efshu le'lekaima. So it's a Kol Shekain v'Kal v'Chaimer madach. If someone is over on the Isra Kala Divrei Seferim, he's defined as a Rasha, and someone who has an ability to be Meich is defined as a Rasha. Certainly, someone who has an ability to be Mikayim a mitzvus esi to perform a positive mitzvah that I had Rebbeinu Shlomo has commanded him, and he does not do it. He's certainly called a Rasha. Kemay, for instance, Kol she'efshu le'lasik b'Tayyav v'Neisik. If someone has the possibility. 
to be Isaac in Torah, to learn Torah, and he does not. Shall love Darshur Azal on such a human being, there Azal Darshan in Sanhedrin, Dav Tzadik Teski, Dvar Hashem Bazi, Karis Vigaymer, Karis the Karis Vigaymer. That he embarrassed Dvar Hashem and he should be cut off. The Gemara applies Rahman al-Utlan to an individual who had an ability even for one regga to study Torah, and he did not study Torah. He was Mavatul, the Mitzvah Sassi of Limud HaTorah. Is a Mitzvah Sassi to learn Torah every Free moment, and this person did not. So the Mela, that's what the Gemara, the Pasuk, the Gemara applies this Pasuk to. Upshitetz, Pasha, the Mikri Rasha, such an individual is called a Rasha Tzveim Eivir, Yisidu Rabbanan. More than someone who's Eivir, an Isidu of Rabbanan. This is, you're dealing with a Mitzvah's Esim in a Torah, not with an Isidu Rabbanan. V'im Kain, if so, al Karchach. We must say, Habainini, that the Bainini ain't by a filu avin bitul Torah does not even possess the Avera of Bittul Teira. Not only did he not commit a Laisessa or another essay or other Averas, but even the oven of Bittul Teira, which as we all know from our personal life, it's quite a difficult Avera not to be over on Bittul Teira. Every free moment to engage in Limud Teira. But if, yeah, he would be a rush, he's not a Bainini anymore. So when we discuss a Bainini... We have to say that aim by a fellow of There is no scenario possible, other scenario that he should be a bainanist. Now we understand very well. That's why Rabbi could make a mistake that he's a bainanist. Now I understand when Rabbi gets up and says, It's not a Pesar Shiva Pumpadissa, you're dealing with one of the daily Adair, stands up and saying, I have Mechta Venus. A bainani is gansa fine about madrega. It's a person who, who was never on one mitzvah, not on the mitzvah's essay, not on the mitzvah's leisessen, not on the isra kalsul of the sefrim, not even on kol mishyeh brady limchas v'lei micha. The Alter Rebbe still says, ta, he made a mistake, because he was really a tzaddik, as Abaya condemned. But nonetheless, we can understand where he's coming from. It's a inyan which is bididami, it's, it's, it's a similar experience. L'chura bainani is someone who doesn't even have the oven of bittul Torah. Yeah. Pardon? The oven of Bittal Torah means someone who has an ability to study Torah and does not, not that he doesn't accept the Torah, he doesn't utilize the moment to study. Now someone who has to, if someone has a job, has to support himself, of course you have to sleep, you have to eat, then it's not an issue of Bittal Torah. Bilteira means someone who has a free moment where he does have an ability to learn and nonetheless does not learn. So this is now the Taich of Abandoni. This is the getting of Abandoni. It's a whole other Taich of Abandoni. It's not someone who has 50% Zachis, 50% Abandoni. You're dealing with a Yid who is not even one Avera. Or the Tshuva even if he was even an Avera. Mitzvah Sassim, Mitzvah Slaysim, Sassim, even call me Shesh Bredin Limchas Micha. This is what Abandoni is. We'll just conclude with the Haggah on the side. This is a footnote that Alter Rebbe himself wrote. And Rebam Nuna asks this famous question, why do bad things happen to good people? Why is there a tzaddik virale and a tzaddik v'tevle? And Rebam Nuna wants to explain that what's a tzaddik? A tzaddik virale is someone who has mu atin avenaisav, he has a little avenus, and a tzaddik v'tevli, he has no avenus. So l'cha'ira, <laughs> the Rebbe over here is saying that a bainani even doesn't have mu atin avenaisav, and over there, Rebam Nuna, 
makes a suggestion that even a tzaddik has memuatin of a nesim, a tzaddik virali, and that's why he has negative experiences in life to atone for the little sins that he has in this world. So Dr. Rebbe says, he shailas Rebam That's Rebam Nunna makes a suggestion. He inquires, he questions Elio if it's so. But Elio responds in Zayir over there, and Elio Hanavi says that the reason why the tzaddik is virali is not because of Avinasev, but because he atones for the chatayim of the world. So Avalafi Chuvas Elio Sham, according to the Chuvas of Elio in Zayar, appears tzaddik virali, you commission Kasev Baraim Hem Napashim Shpatim Delayel. The title of Tzadik Virali is like we quoted before from Zayar Mishpatim, which says that Tzadik Virali is not someone that has a virus. A Tzadik which has a ra, but a ra is kafuf and bottle. It's totally subordinated to the taif which is in him. I, the Shaila is, what was Rabbi Nunas Kasal Kedaitich even? So he says, V'shivim Panam Lutaira. There are 70 dimensions to the Teira. The Mamid Barabbas says this, and even Gemara Shabbos says that everything the Ebershter told Moshe Rabbein, he told him in 70 languages. That's one lashon. A shot over there is Veshivim, it says in many places in Midrash and in Zayar, Veshivim Panam Every aspect of Torah has 70 methods of interpretation. Literally every Indian in Torah has 70 methods of interpretation. Darizal goes further, Darizal writes that every Pasuk in Indian in Torah has 600,000 interpretations. <laughs> but first let's try to... Uh, huh? One is uh, 70 is... Uh, because and it's, it's logical, Torah is a divine communication, it's divine revelation, Hashem is infinite, so it incorporates every aspect of dimension, it's all pervading, all encompassing. So Shivim Panam Lutairis, Rabbi Hamnunna thought, although he understood that a tzaddik does not have any avainas, even a bainini, but he thought maybe according to one of the explanations of Torah, one of the Shivim Panam, that could be the definition of a tzaddik. But Elio says, no, even according to the one of the Shivim Panam, there is no such a definition, there is no such a definition of a tzaddik. Now, I just want to conclude. This old Al-Tareb is a preface to usher in the learner and reader of the Tanya to explore the inner dynamic of the Jew. Because right away we are forced to start defining Yiddishkeit in a deeper perspective. You just heard what a Benini is. Why is that man called a Benini? That's a tzaddik. If it's so great a tzaddik than that, a person who didn't do one Avera... Come on, and that's a bainini. What can a tzaddik be already? <laughs> if this is a bainini, what's a tzaddik? So immediately, we are exposed to a deeper dimension. Where we define a tzaddik and a bainini not according to what they do. Because the bainini in conduct is 100%. Just as good as a tzaddik. We have to begin relating to the internal aspect of the Jew. And over here suddenly a new world is opened up to the extent that this person is called a tzaddik. This person is called a bainini. <laughs> Although in the external dimensions of Machshava Dibram he's totally a tzaddik. <clears throat> That's a good question. Why not make a distinction you're asking between Psuleidis and the general mahus of the person, which means, in other words, when Al-Tareb is searching for a scenario where the Jew is described as the Bainini, why don't we say as follows, 
that a Benini is a Jew who has Mechtzezachis and Mechtzavainis. I, the Gemara says, the moment you do an Avedi or a Rasha, that is referring to a particular issue, Psuliyedis, concerning testifying in Bezdin. We say that even with one Avera, he can, he's Psuliyedis. The moment he does Shuvah, he's a Tzadik. But that's only concerning the particular issue of Psuliyedis. But when we want to discuss the general status and identity and character of the human being, over here the definitions are different. A Tzadik is Rav Zachis, and a Benini is Mechtzezachis, and Arash's Reva Venus. And you're saying you're adding that the implications of this would be concerning reward and punishment. How do we define this person when it comes to reward and punishment? If he has one Aveda, do we define him as a Rasha? So you're saying concerning Psuliyedis, we define him as a Rasha. But concerning reward and punishment, we define him as a Tzadik. And when he has Machtazachi, he's a Benini. And when he has Reva Venus, he's a Rasha. Okay, that's, that's a very good question. Let me add even more. What you're suggesting is not just a hypothetical possibility. It says, Taka. In Chazal and in other places, it says clearly, explicitly, the Gemara Rosh Hashanah after Zion discusses Tzadikim, Benanim, and Rishayim. And the definition you have given is the definition given there. A Benanim is a Jew with Mech and Mech is concerning reward and punishment. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Hadin, after 120 years, the same is true in Rambam Hilchus Tshuva. So we in fact have this definition given explicitly in Chazal and Yerushayim for Abaynani. So the Alter Rebbe himself raises this objection, this question. And the Alter Rebbe explains it and discusses this in the continuation of the chapter which we will learn in Mesh Hashem next week. Yeah. The Girsa. Rather. Okay, yeah. Good, very good. The Gemara Brachis Daf Samachalaf Amad Bey says, Amar Rav, and the quoted the Gemara saying, Amar Rabba, in the name of Rabba. You're correct. In the printed Gemara, it says Amar Rabba, but if you look on the side of the page on Samachalaf Amad Bey's, the Gillian writes that in Yalkut and in Enyakiv, this episode is quoted, and the Girsa there is Rabba, not Rav. And the Gillian adds that this gears is correct, because Taisvis writes in Mesich Erevin that Abaya never called the Rava with the term Mar, because Mar is the term used to describe a Rebbe, a mentor. And Rava was not Abaya's Rebbe, he was Abaya's friend and colleague. Since Abaya responds and replies to the person who said, with the words, this demonstrates that he was addressing Rabbi and not Rabbi, because if it would have been Rabbi, he wouldn't have said Mar. The fact that he says Mar means that he was talking to Rabbi, because Rabbi was Abai's Rabbi. By the way, Rabbi was also Abai's uncle. He was Abai's father's brother. Abai was born under very tragic circumstances. Prior to his birth, his father passed away. At the time of his birth, his mother passed away. In fact, it says in Svarim, the Aruch writes this, and it's brought another Svarim, that this is the reason why they called him Abaya. Really, his true name was not Abaya. His authentic name was Nachmeni. They called him Abaya because the word Abaya, Aleph, Beis, Yud, Yud, is an acronym of the words, Asher Yerucham Yosin. That's paraphrasing a posik in Hesheya, I believe in Perik Yudalit, 
Asher Bechayirucham Yasim, which means in you the orphan will find compassion and empathy. Since Abaya was an orf- orphaned immediately by his birth, both from his father and his mother, so they termed him Abaya to symbolize this Rosh Hashanah, Asher Bechayirucham Yasim. Rabba was the brother of Abaya's father. So when Abaya's parents passed away, Rabbi took him in as a little child and raised him in his home, and he also became his Rebbe. By the way, there's another explanation why he was called Abaya. In addition to the first explanation, other Svarim, it says as follows. Rabbi was the son of Nachmeni. Rabbi, the Rebbe and uncle of Abaya, his father's name was Nachmeni. Abaya was named Nachmeni after his father's father. His grandfather was also Rabbi's father. So that's why, since he grew up in Rabbi's home, Rabbi didn't want to call him Nachmeni because he felt that that would be disrespectful on his part because his father's name was also Nachmeni. So he didn't want to call him Nachmeni. So what did he do? So he gave him the name Abaya. Abaya comes from the term Avi, my father. Abaya is like my father to indicate that the name of Abaya is like the name of my father, which is Nachmeni. Yeah, where they live. This was all in Pompidusa. Pompidusa was a city in Bavel in Babylonia, present-day Iraq, in that area, that geographic location. And this takes us back to the 4th century, 4th century after the Common Era. In any case, it seems clearly that the correct Girsa is not Rav, but Rabbe. Hence, Dalte Rebbe quotes this Gemara and says that Rabbe is the one who defined himself as the Benini. By the way, there is another difference, another interesting difference. In Gemara it says, onu We are Bainanim. The Al-Turabba quotes the Gemara saying, So interestingly, the same gear says the Al-Turabba, we also find in Rachel's Chachma, the Sefer Rachel's Chachma, which I mentioned earlier. Authored by Rebbe Leo, Dash, a great Balmuster and Kabbalist. In Shar Hayira in Rachel's Chachma, he also quotes this Gemara and he says, Also Rashi, when he explains the response of Abaya to Rabbi Leshavik Machai Lechol Beria, what is, what does Rashi say? Im atamin habeinanim in lechatzadik amar ba'ilam. If you are from the Bainanim, that means there's no complete tzadik in the world, which means that although Rabbi used the term kegoyin anu beinanim, Abaya understood his words as implying that he himself is the Benini, because what was Abaya's response? Im atamin ha-Benini, if you are from the Benini. For example, in Pirush, in the commentary of Rabbeinu Hananel on this Gemara, he interprets Abaya's words to mean, im i'anan Beninim anu, this is a quote, i'anan Beninim anu, if we are Beninim, the Master is not granting life to any creature in the universe. But Rashi interprets Abaya's words as meaning im atamin habeinanim. So it's possible that these two aspects, the Girish and the Rashi's Chachma, and the terminology that Rashi uses, are the, served maybe as the origin and the source for the, for the Girish that Alter Rebbe quotes in Tanya. Yeah. You want to ask something earlier? Yeah. Why, if Rabbi is a Benini, why Leishavik Marchai Lechalber? Why isn't he granting life to other creatures if he defines, if he is a Benini? I think I quoted before Rashi, I just mentioned Rashi. 
Rashi explains that Abayu was telling him, If you are from the Bainanim, automatically that means that there's no complete Sadiq in the world because Rabbah was one of the spiritual giants of the generation. If Rabbah is nothing but a Bainani, so how many Jews can already be in the state of a Tzaddik? Never mind a Tzaddik Gomer. The majority of the Jewish community is certainly in a lower level than Rabbah, in a far lower level than Rabbah. So if Rabbah is from the Bainanim, how many Tzaddikim can there be already? Parenthetically, in Rashi and Yaakov, in this Gemara, there's another Gersa. There's a Gersa where Rashi adds a few words. And you deem the whole world Rishayim. Which means that if Rabbah defines himself as a Bainanim, it's not just that there are, not, there are no Tzaddikim in the world. Furthermore, by that, he is implying that the entire world are in the level of Rishayim. Because if Rabbah is a Bainani, certainly most people are inferior spiritually to Rabbah. They're inferior in their moral, ethical, and spiritual state to Rabbah. So they are in the level of Rishayim. So by saying that he's a Bainani, he's not granting life to anyone else. Yeah. Who? I don't understand the connection. You want to say that the difference between the Tzbenini and the Tzaddik, perhaps the question of the Alter Rebbe can be explained, can be answered by saying that the difference between the Tzbenini and the Tzaddik is that he is a Chachem. Who's a Chachem? The Tzbenini or the Tzaddik? What do you mean by the term Chachem? Smart Alec. <laughs> no. <laughs> there was once, uh, once a Jew came to the Kotzke Rebbe. He considered himself extremely intelligent and extraordinarily wise. But he was Nebuchadnezzar Shlomazel, he was a poverty-stricken Jew. And he couldn't earn a decent livelihood. He was very poor. He once came to the Kutzke Rebbe, poured out his heart to the Rebbe. He says, why is it that all other Jews who are far less wise and intelligent than I am earn a very nice livelihood? And I, every business that I try to lay my hands on, immediately goes bankrupt. I can't earn a simple livelihood to support and to sustain my family. The Kutzke Rebbe gazes at the Jew and he says, You know, your complaint is already a complaint that was discussed in the days of old. The wisest of all men, Shlai Mahamelech, Describes in Kehela's this state by saying, Wise people do not have bread. So the Yid tells the Rebbe, I know what Shleim HaMalach says. I know that he says, But my question is why? Why is it, Taka, that such wise people don't have bread? The Rebbe looks at the Jew and he says, because Hashem tells these wise, intelligent Jews, you're so smart, let's see how you earn your livelihood on your own. Have a wonderful week. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.